Hello and welcome to the Party Invite podcast, where we strive to bring people a little closer together to play, discuss, and enjoy everything video games. Every week we bring you a show in two parts. First is the video podcast, uh, where we're going to tell you about a whole bunch of stuff, including what we've been playing. Uh, this week we're going to cover some of our favorite, our, our most impactful games um, in our community in this year, in 2022. Uh, so not just, you know, this isn't specifically a talk about uh, maybe our, like, game of the year so far. It could be. But it's really just about uh, what has this year of gaming meant to us so far. And since we've spent a lot of that time with you guys, uh, I know that we're going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but that's going to be the first. That's going to be the podcast after the show. Later, we are going to be playing some Darkest Dungeon. Check out the newest updates. Uh, the three of us, in some fashion, are going to pick, name, and kind of choose the, you know, influence the decisions of our doomed, our ill-fated uh, party members. So that'll be Dungeon, uh, Darkest Dungeon 2 for the second half. So if you're in the future listening on Spotify, uh, go ahead and hit up our Twitch channel and YouTube. You'll be able to find that. Uh, but first, let's talk about who we are. I am your host, Tegan. Uh, you can call me Thomas, or you can call me Tegan. My name is Thomas. Uh, over here, we got Vilos. That's me right now, and apparently the cops are like. Oh, that was around, perfect timing. So, uh... That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also got Sovereign Sid. Hello, it is I, the cop outside of Vilos's place. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> boop boop. <laughs> boop boop. Hello, FBI. <laughs> Man, so uh, while Carlos gets arrested on camera, uh, anybody not watching the video version cannot say that that's uh, untrue. Um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into. Uh, some of these favorite community experiences that we have. To... Actually, you know what? I'm a fool because I don't know how to read the format of the document that I designed. First, we're going to talk about uh, what we've been playing. Because, uh, spoiler alert, um, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit, little bit about Raft, which uh, is on that list for me. Anyway, um, Carlos, how do I run this podcast? I don't even know how to, to keep my Listen, the, the way we do it. <laughs> uh, it's been a while uh, since I've felt Bring me as, pictures of Spider-Man! I feel like I like had a, had a dream where my I don't have any pants on. Like This hasn't happened to me on, on uh, stream in ages. I mean, we don't have to have pants on on this podcast. Who, just throwing it out there. Who says we do? And if you're not watching... I, I, I have pants helpful. that can knock over my camera at any moment. No, I'm, I'm wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, but yeah, we've got a couple games to talk about as far as what we've been playing. We do have notes here, so it's it's up to you guys on whether, let's see, it looks like Sav has a couple, I have a couple. Tegan, you're basically going from this through to the, the party topic. You but betcha. I do have a really fun intro for our party topic when we get there. So uh, we'll go ahead and, and go with a, a game that, that Sav, what's your first game that you've been playing this week? Mommy. So... Um, I have been playing. So recently, I got a Steam Deck. Woo boo, woo boo. That's awesome. And it, it has revived um, my passion for some of the games that I have kind of let like go by the wayside as more stuff came out. Um, because there are some games that are quote unquote great on deck, right? So they're like super optimized for the the Steam Deck. You know, it's like a really good choice if you want to play something mm-hmm. um, on the Steam Deck. And one of those games, uh, the first one on my list, is Gunfire Reborn. So um, for those who don't know, Gunfire Reborn is a, it's a first-person shooter, roguelite, um, like, game, I guess. 
I don't really know what else to call it. But it's like an FPS roguelike. It is a video <laughs> game. It's a video, a video juego, as they say. But like, um, they are. It's like based in Chinese legend. So the first character that you are is like a crown prince, who I guess is like a mythical cat, and then the others are based on, um, like the four beasts of Chinese legend. So there's a, a white tiger. There is a phoenix, although he's green. Um, and then there is, shoot, what are they? We have a turtle. A turtle just came out. And we don't have a dragon. There's a dragon in, in the folklore, but we might be getting one soon. I'm not sure. But it's a really cool game. It's got like lo-fi kind of potato graphics kind of. As you and do. Um, it's, it's just a nice little time sink when I want to... Um, like relax you know it's like one of those kind of chill games mm-hmm. um it would definitely be appropriate for like a brunch special sometime i think because even though it oh, is I'm... like an fps it's still got like um really ambient tendencies and the... um, especially in the music yeah yeah there's a lot to like in this i've watched one of you guys play it it could have been yusav um... um i know that lord chrome also plays it we've played it together before as well so um, you could have been watching uh, his stream as well. Yeah, it's very colorful, flashy. Um, every time I watch it, you know, it's it's run based essentially. So, <clears throat> so each time I've watched it, I felt like I've been watching a different character. You know, there, there's like I'm always seeing different guns or different uh, secondary abilities that make it really fresh. Like since I only since I haven't played it myself, it just makes it feel like the possibilities are like limitless when I'm watching. It's one of my favorite things about that, uh, that genre. Yeah. And they're still adding new content. Like I think it's only been out officially out of like early access for a year or so. Cause I logged in for the first time on my steam deck in a while. Mm-hmm. And I got like a portrait for like the first anniversary of the outside of beta release or something like that. So um, it looks like they're still interested in working on the game. They added two new characters um, who are the turtle and then the bunny. And she's like super sword based, like Sakura Blossom powery. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's really neat. She, I immediately wanted to unlock her, but she costs um, Soul Essence, which you can only get by doing runs in the game. Kind of like Hades's. Um, what is the after currency that you can use to like upgrade your stuff? Like the purple currency. Uh, darkness. Darkness. Yeah. So it's kind of like darkness, where it's stuff that you earn after your run that you can then buff up the characters to take into your next run or whatever. Yeah, that's really nice. And I only found this out after I spent all the soul essences of my last run on upgrading the character I was using. I had just enough to actually get her. And then I go and see her and she's like, really cool. I'm like, oh yeah, let me, how, how do I unlock her? Where is she on the talent tree? Nope. Essence. So, faux pas. Faux pas. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really have a good time. It's like a nice little, little sink when I want to like relax. I'll do it in the morning sometimes with a glass of tea. And uh, yeah, it's nice. high octane without being demanding of your attention if it, that makes you sense. You know, uh, it totally does because I've talked to you guys about Spelunky and I've been doing Spelunky while I have my like morning coffee and uh, same thing. It can be intense but also I can kind of make it as hard as I want it to be. So. It's a vibe. Yeah. And it's got, man, it's got that color scheme. I like looking at both of those games a lot. The uh, Curse of the Dead Gods came out a little while ago on Game Pass. It's been out on Epic Game Store for a while. Uh, that similarly has very vibrant, like, oranges and purples, especially. Uh, and when those colors come out, you're just watching, uh, you know, it's just a light show, pretty much. 
Splunkly, it certainly doesn't have quite that, but, uh... Yeah. When, uh, Splunky first came out, I had that 1-1 one, one theme. Like, do 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 Like, my mind constantly. Like, it's so... I think about it now, like, I flash back to it, and it just brings me instant comfort. Because it's just, like you said, it's like one of those games that you just vibe with, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, I have, um, like, all all of all of that first area's tracks in Splunky 1 are, are memorable. That one that you just hummed is uh, definitely the most memorable. Uh, but the the jungle theme that's, like, on a weird time signature, that's the one that is always stuck in my head. Uh, it's like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, doo-doo. yeah. Uh, and then the drums kick in and stuff, and you're like, whoa, there's a lot going on in this music. Um, but it's so, it's so remarkable. I, I regularly still listen to that soundtrack, but, uh, yeah, you were mentioning that the audio in Gunfire Reborn is, is its own vibe too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just got, it's just a nice, pretty picture, you know? Let's see, what else? Uh, Sav, I know you've got one more, but, uh, Vilos. Tell us what you've been playing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'll actually go over both of mine pretty quick but we've got videos um let's go with trover saves the world first i think okay doke or or universe that I, is, uh, I, definitely I, a gear shift <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i i started playing it last night um since we we talked about it a little bit yesterday uh, or yesterday wow uh, on the last pod jesus <laughs> we were talking about it in regards to um uh high on life and Trover is one of those games that just it feels different, uh, mostly because it started it started its life as a VR game, mm-hmm. and so it's it's just very unique in what it does. Uh, it's it's a a kind of action platformer, but it's hindered on a system. It's hindered by uh, the controls because you have to move Trover. Uh, you move Trover on screen by aiming <laughs> like you're you're technically playing him but you're playing the character that is your character playing him if, yeah. if that makes sense <laughs> for those of you uh, i i didn't see if it was in the trailer or not but uh for the the persistent gameplay you have your hands actually most of your body because you're like a chair opian or something like that uh, like somebody that 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 uh, you're like an alien that his whole life is in a chair, uh, and it, it seems like there's a lot of them in this game so far. Um, but you're you have a controller permanently, and you're sitting in this chair that's floating around. And on screen, you could look at it any time. And whenever you move uh, your controls in real life, you're doing it on screen at the same time. And it's it's just weird, but at the same time, it, it kind of works just because of the charm of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, it's very basic action platformery stuff. I don't think it's going to get really any more difficult than it has been in the first uh, hour or so that I put into it. Um, but it's it's refreshing in, in a way still, um, just because it's it's one of those that's uh, a pretty short game. It's really funny, and it's not there to do anything too serious. And uh, as for as far as getting some extra kicks out of it. Um, I just fuck around until Justin Roiland says something out of nowhere because he will continually say shit the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like Trevor, Trevor has a job to do. He's, he's uh, trying to get some stuff done uh, in the very beginning. Um, it, it just sets things up so well in the very beginning. There's this guy that has turned off a teleporter that you use that the teleporters are what you're using to move Trover around across different parts of the, uh, of the map. Um, because again, you, you can't, because it was a VR game, you can't just walk the entire span of the level. Mm-hmm. So you're using teleporters. And so they did, they did poke fun of it. Uh, and right off the bat, they had this, this old cranky geezer type character that uh, <laughs> turns off one of your teleporters. And it just starts this series of dialogue that um, he's like, <laughs> how do you like that shit? And <laughs> Trover is just like going off. He's like, what are you? He's like, what are you doing? You old fuck, turn back, turn the teleporter back on. You know, and he's just like going back and forth. And uh, during this exchange, um, he, he tells you, uh, he tells you about uh, this weapon that he can use. Like right before this happens, he tells you how to use this like lightsaber thing he has. Yeah. And so like uh, the game basically tells you to, to hit this old dude and you're like, right, okay, fine. Obviously I should. He's an asshole, whatever. Um, and so you do it. He turns the teleporter back on. And then moments later, uh, you, you you use the teleporter and you're like 30 feet farther away from him than you were. He's talking shit behind you. <laughs> and you can literally turn Trover the fuck back around and go beat his ass. And the, the funniest thing is that the game not only gives you that option, it wants you to. <laughs> because you beat him and you literally kill the student. And <laughs> Trevor's like, oh, fuck, we killed a guy. We got to get out of here. And you've actually got to like just speedily get through the rest of the teleporters to get to the certain point in the level. And it's it's just so funny. And it, it kind of gives you that that chaos moment that, um, you know, you don't you don't get in every game. Um you know, it's not trying to be GTA. It's trying to be Rick and Morty. Just like, yeah, for sure. you know, Squanch Games always is. Squanch Games. Um, yeah, but it's it's super funny, and I really can't wait to, to get the rest of the way through that. Uh, and then my other one, because I've talked about it before, uh, is Triangle Strategy. I finished it last night. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Bum, 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 bum. And you beat it on your first hours. night. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> 60 hours officially. Uh, 30 of those in the past five days. Oh wow! You're feeling it, the heat, which huh? was ridiculous, literally and figuratively. Um, the final fight, I think I replayed it six times. It was either five or six tries that it took to finally beat the last battle. But you did it. You, was it, Whoa. Was it a pyramid? Yeah. Was the last <laughs> battle a pyramid? It was not a pyramid. Oh, although it, it was a bridge. It was a bridge sub. That has been done in strategy games before, but it was it was an intriguing uh, battle. The the one thing I have to say about that, after playing sixty full hours of Triangle Strategy, I did come to love it. Uh, it's it's not Fire Emblem, and despite the similarities, it is also not Final Fantasy Tactics. It really isn't. Uh, it has a, a good job system, like I, I said on the last pod, I think. Um, but it, it just varies so differently story-wise and um, some of the quality of life sort of things that a, a Fire Emblem does have, uh, Triangle Strategy doesn't just for the sake of of being, being different. unique in, a, yeah, yeah. in, in its own They're way like, here. Well, we got to do something. <laughs> yeah, like 
Fire Emblems uh, for a long time, uh, maybe even before Fire Emblem Awakening, uh, have had bookmarks. Like you can you can stop in the middle of a of a game, you know, save it temporarily and stuff like that. So uh, too bad for triangle strategy. You cannot. <laughs> wow, that's uh, like you can you can technically they'll, they'll mail you a sixteen digit or a sixteen character <laughs> code. Yeah, for your sake. Uh, might as well because uh, some of these battles can take a solid hour and a half. Uh, I think that last fight did. And again, the the last fight, one of them, I was easily like four or five moves away from finishing it when I I uh, lost. Um, because the, the final fight, you're technically escorting these people across this bridge. Mm-hmm. And if a single one of them dies, there's four of them, I think. If a single one of them dies... It's start over. Dang escort mission, man. Yeah. Oh, man, those are um, always the worst. <laughs> I don't think I've ever played a single escort mission that I liked. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it, there's one in Splatoon 2. <laughs> like, Splatoon 2 of all hilarious. games. That's hilarious. There's an escort games. mission in the campaign. And that's I love really that game. Weird. And I was still so mad. <laughs> exactly. And I was playing it on normal difficulty. But I swear, like, some of these strategy games are like this with AI and stuff anyway. But, like, here... Uh, they have two characters. One of them, uh, uh, out of the four that are going across the bridge, two of them will fuck you on purpose. One Whoa. of them is an old dude. <laughs> Whoa! And he... Uh, yeah. Who's purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The the gods of triangle strategy. The There's an old guy whose speed is only two, uh, two blocks at a time, uh, and the total bridge is like... 40 probably so it takes wow. a ton of turns for him to get gosh. there it takes him so many turns and you can only increase his his speed stat so much um so th- that guy's a liability right but then there's a healer that is very useful except for some reason the ai decides if if she's like behind one of my people but she decides to to heal them she doesn't have to she could just keep fucking going across the bridge uh, but if she decides to heal them she will move back backwards on the bridge after she heals me. Can and you like position your people so she I don't like, know why. What is she like no. <laughs> doing a big Kamehameha that's healing energy and she's just like bah, That's just the thing. Back. That's the thing. She didn't even have to heal any of the people in this one run. I had one person on the bridge. I had the bridge set. Like it was so good. And then she moved back. It was a solid four or five uh, blocks that she moved back. It was enough to stall her for one turn and allow all of the enemies to get onto the bridge oh, and just ran through me. Oh, like no. it was like I I was so pissed with the final the final stage, but overall it was such a good experience uh, for those She's of you that <laughs> yeah <laughs> for, for those of you that like the intrigue of Game of Thrones like just get into triangle strategy it's talky as hell like there is so much dialogue and technically you can just turn it on auto and and listen to it um it is all voiced basically so with professional uh, voice actors (laughs) yes (laughs) it's it's a fantastic story um unfortunately if you are looking to get the golden route which is what a lot of people that play fire emblem are looking for that that perfect decision making story the perfect decision-making story 
makes it like 10 times harder. Um, oh, really? So I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried. I really tried to. I looked it up beforehand, but uh, yeah, it was like not going to happen. Like a perfect run where like you save everybody or something? Uh, there's, like you that. have to, because the game relies on uh, the scales of conviction, which is you making decisions uh, according to uh, your party members mm-hmm. and what they what they want and stuff uh, to move along the story. Um, there are certain decisions that you have to make in order for it to be a golden route run. And then, uh, which completely, uh, like, the golden route is not going to be your first time playing the game. Period. Yeah. And and once the game, once you finish it, it actually tells you everything you need to know about New Game Plus. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know the information that you wanted to have the first time you played through? No. Now you have it. Yeah. So you should play again. And it's like, I don't want to do that, though. <laughs> 60 hours. Yeah. Wait, wait one more game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's not it's not as easily skippable, uh, the dialogue and stuff like that. It takes forever to load it whenever you try no. to skip it. So, like, you just can't. I, I tried this morning, trust me. <laughs> but uh, when it gives you this information on New Game Plus, you're like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, if I knew any of this on the first run, I could have almost done the Golden Route. But the Golden Route actually has one decision that is uh, you... You are basically understaffed <laughs> as far as your party goes the entire game. And there's a particular general that will just mess you up. And, oh, really? and she's so impossibly strong. And this one mission has you have the, uh, you have the choice of uh, torching part of your village in order to stop her. Oof. Or you have to take out every one of the enemies that she brings up and her. And so there you're, was you're Russia no fighting way. Napoleon's army. I mean, it sounds like a Beatrix <laughs> battle. Like it was ridiculous. I played through that battle like four or five times too before I was like, I, I can't do the golden route. I just That's cannot crazy. do it because it would require so much. Because um, technically the game gives you the tools, but it also gives you those tools in the way of if you press this button while you're hovering over this character you can simulate what you and the enemy oh, will do and that. that except that also lengthens the game even more uh, yeah, on yeah. a second to second basis and because those tooltips are also voice acted no. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's unbelievable it's really a a feat though because it's it doesn't have the the backbone that uh, a fire emblem three houses had as far as story goes but it's trying to do so much in this little this little universe and these really beautiful set pieces. The developer Art Dink, uh, you know, from Octopath Traveler and stuff, they they did such a phenomenal job in putting this world together, um, and and it it really just deserves to be played for that reason. Um, and any anybody that wants to you know get into that fantasy realm of stories and not do it through Elden Ring. Try it through triangle strategy. It's it's going to be a good time. I really like the aesthetic of like the two point five D or whatever it's called. You know, yeah. this game and yeah. Octopath and Live Alive. Like those kind of games mm-hmm. are like really really neat. And I hope we get more of games like that, but like outside of like from a different studio. You know, like I want to yeah. see different IPs represented in this way. Like, what if we got like. I was gonna say Pokemon, but they're not gonna go back to that. But what if we got like a like a Digimon game like this? 
Wouldn't that be yeah. neat? That'd be or really like cool. a, a new a new sequel to like Final Fantasy Tactics since they want to remake everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm seeing this like you're saying this, and I'm thinking of uh, how Overwatch and Valorant were two shooters made by a studio that had no in-house experience in making a shooter before. And what if, like, for this, like, what if League of Legends, what if Riot was like, let's just make one of these games except with all the characters that we like to put, you know, in League of Legends and the tactics game, uh, Teamfight Tactics, and, well, they're not in Valorant, but, uh, you know, what <laughs> if we Patrick Aldo, the fighting game. used them on here? Because, mm-hmm. like, you've that would be a companion, the game could companion with the TV show for those of us who don't uh, like MOBAs, like who don't actually want to play. Uh, I that'd be fun to see because you do see such veteran studios or at least veteran individuals in these studios who uh, you know they've made these games before they've learned stuff and they're gonna do it again like with the yeah. success of those other games in new genres yeah. I I'd be interested to see uh, a totally new take on it I don't know really what that would mean as someone who doesn't play a lot of JRPGs because if they just made a, a western a more western JRPG then it is a, is it a JRPG, you know? <laughs> the um... it, it could be possible because, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender is not technically, like, an anime, but it is, though. Yeah. So, like, it was completely, like, Western-made. So there's potential there for it still to have that JRPG feel, even if it was made in the West, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can dream it, you can do it. <laughs> Ooh, Pokemon Conquest. That would be an excellent game to have in this uh, There you format. go. You've yes. got that. The, the one thing I will say about that is uh, I think it was the director of Octopath. or It was somebody at Art Dink recently, actually. Uh, I think it was a Kotaku article that, that they said the only reason that more of these games aren't popping up more so is because they are incredibly intensive to make. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, I bet. ridiculous. They they wanted to straight up say say it in the article. They're like, just because it looks simple, it ain't simple. <laughs> like the, this kind of game is incredibly hard to make. And uh, there there were a couple uh, a couple little flubs that were interesting with the engine towards the end of Triangle Strategy. But overall, yeah, it was phenomenal to look at. And the water is just ridiculous. If you see water in that trailer, like. It's so shiny. It's Dang. absolutely gorgeous. I could watch that all day. What's with all this water? Well, if you think <laughs> about it, you know, um, it's basically like making a shadow box, right? Yeah. Over and over and over and over and over for like an entire game. So I can mm-hmm. kind of see where the complications could come in. <laughs> yeah. And the, the camera can't even handle it. Their their engine is, I oh, feel like the engine there. I don't think any camera is good. <laughs> but, like because it's because it's the squares as well as uh, they try to give you a 360 camera, yeah. and the camera will literally just start whipping all of a sudden. It's like I don't know where you want to be anymore, and just flip, flip, flip. It's it's wild. Can it change? Can it? Can you go all the way around your character, or is it always is- isometric? Yeah, from yeah. You can really? uh, you can go all the way around. You can uh, zoom in and out, and I feel like there's a slight. I, it's it's not always isometric. You can kind of uh, you can kind of tilt it a little bit too. Um, oh, neat! That's when you're awesome. moving, yeah, it's it's surprising what you can do with the camera, but it is it is wonky. The acceleration gets a little funny Ooh, sometimes. Which way did he go? Yeah, the blue. <laughs>
Got it. Looks like uh, looks like Sab, you got another game to talk about, right? Before we get to oh, Thomas. Yeah. Um. So the other game that I have been playing, um, it's another one of those like chill kind of roguelike games. You know, the Steam Deck has really revived like my love of those because they're so easy to. First of all, they're quick to download, which I appreciate. They don't take up a lot of space, which since I don't have a micro SD card yet for my Steam Deck, I appreciate. So I could put more on it. That's nice. And um, I haven't gotten around to putting the Game Pass on there because you, there's like a browser workaround that you can do because it's basically a Linux device, you know. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want on it, really, um, if you know how. Um, I wouldn't advise that because, you know, warranties and whatnot. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, this roguelike that I have been playing is Risk of Rain 2. And uh, for it's like a, it's another, well, it's a TPS, like third-person shooter. Um, planetary exploration sort of roguelike. It's got different agents that you can uh, deploy, and each one has its own playstyle. Uh, like I, um, I did want to ask: Are there any upgrades in this game? Upgrade. Um, is there any sort of pickup, you know, pickupable items that you can use to to make your character better? Well, and, you do have skills that you can like swap out as you level up your character. Oh, I'm just making a joke because I feel like. Risk of Rain 1 and 2 is nothing but, like, look at this upgrade. Look at this upgrade. I got a new upgrade. Oh, and another one. Oh, you're talking about, okay, you're, like, during the run. Okay, I thought yeah, you yeah, like yeah, post, yeah. post-run stuff. Yeah, no. It's like a loot like a Lutathon collectible. You are so right. I, the rain itself is just loot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Risk of Rain is, it's all about getting that loot. Because by the end of a run, you could have, like, 40 different items. Yes, wow. I mean, and more, probably. You know, if you do, like, a really good run and get, like, secret, like, the secret markets and all that whatnot. You you will be so OP by the end of the match that you'll be on difficulty. the di- The difficulty level is literally called ha 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 ha. Like just you no know, cruel laughter. Yeah, uh, that's how hard it gets. But you could be on that that difficulty. I mean, potentially forever, because the way that it works is that you don't actually choose a difficult. Well, there's an initial difficulty level that you choose, like basic, and then normal, and then like nightmare, quote unquote. But then, um. Within the run, it starts out at relatively easy mode, right? Mm-hmm. Relatively as in relative to the difficulty you started out with. Yeah. And then um, the longer you spend on a stage, the more time passes. And then there's like a little gauge up in the upper right that like ticks away the time. And as the time goes on, it gets harder. More enemies start to spawn. They become tougher, um, etc. So the longer you spend on one stage, yeah, you might get a bunch of loot. But also you might get a bunch of boot. Like they're gonna be kicking yet. So yep. Um, it, it, the whole game is just like, it's not urgent, but you do need to manage your time wisely if you want to make a run that you will survive in the end. Yeah, I've always taken too long trying to squeeze every ounce of juice you know from the environment. It's always bad. Uh, it always leads <laughs> to me brutally getting killed at the highest difficulty. You know, uh, spectacularly. The enemies go, at least in my experience, because I'm always just like, la dee da in some corner. Uh, they go from, like, totally fine. Like, a reasonable challenge to my goofy halfway-equipped ass. Uh, and then suddenly they've all got skulls, and I just have to run. Like, I just am running all the time. <laughs> the skill is literally like, like a Kirby game, you know? It's just like, oh, look at the cute little puppy. Okay, now fight God. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Sign me up. <laughs> That's but nice. the, the rate at which that happens is just, sometimes it could blindside you because the environments are so fun to explore 
It's got yeah. that really ambient, like chill music that you could just lose yourself in. Like this is definitely a soundtrack that I would recommend. Like if you need to relax, like you're trying to go to sleep or something like that. Um, yeah. Throw on some rain sounds on this soundtrack and you are in heaven, like for real. Uh, the I still I don't listen to the second game's tr- soundtrack that much. I haven't really given it a fair shake, but uh, the first game has a great soundtrack. Uh, the composer's name is really remarkable. It's I think it's Chris Christof- Chris Christophadulo. I I'll have to I can look this up. I have the internet in front of me, but it's like it sounds like a pseudonym. Like it sounds like he made that name up. It's definitely like a Bethesda name, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I could see that in, like, one of their RPGs or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Risk of Rain composer. Chris? Chris Dodulo. So, Chris. Wow, you right. Far off. And, then, yeah. and then his last name is Chris, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-D-O-U-L-O-U. Chris Dodulo. Uh, uh, that is a name. That is a name. A- it's easy to remember, which is wonderful, which is why I'm like, it seems like a synonym because it does a great job, you know, a name like that markets itself. That's all I'm saying. Well, he did a good job. I mean, if he's the composer for uh, the second one, then I mean, hats off because I just love, sometimes I'll just vibe to the menu music. Like yeah. when I was trying to get everything set up on the uh, Steam Deck to try and stream through Discord. Which we got the video set up, but we still need to figure out the audio because, I mean, I think it'd just be really cool, um, yeah. especially once I get Rogue Company on there. Um, you know, you guys couldn't hear the audio, and I was so distraught because, like, the audio is, I mean, it, it's, it's like, really good. I don't want to say it, like, makes the game, but it's, like, really good, y'all. You know, but it's an experience, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I checked he did, uh, he also did Risk of Rain 2. So he seems That's like me. their in-house, you know, their guy, just like Darren Korb is uh, Super Giant's guy. Uh, because he he's done both Risk of Rains. He's done a game called Deadbolt that they made. Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who the developer is, but uh, but it's that same thing. Yeah, they made Deadbolt, and I think they made one more game. I can't remember. Uh, but he's done a bunch of work, and if you like, if you find any of his stuff that you like, uh, you're gonna find a lot of stuff that you like. Yeah, it's just like with um, I think his name Danny Baranowski. He mm-hmm. is the composer, the original composer behind yeah. uh, the Super Meat Boy before they, you know, changed uh, composers and ruined the soundtrack forever. Um, he also <laughs> uh, the Necro Dancer, mm-hmm, the yeah. Necro Dancer game, including the Hyrule one. Yeah. And uh, what else? Just I mean, he's pretty he's cool. pretty prolific. Oh, he did. Uh, I want to say he did uh, Binding of Isaac, but I could be wrong on that. Because sometimes I mix him That's up with the developer. I mix him up with the developer Edmund McMillan for no apparent reason at all, just because they both worked on Super Meat Boy. And like, <laughs> so I'll think of one, but I'll mean the other. So, I mean, you'll have to fact, fact check me on that last one. But, uh, yep, you uh, are fact checked. He did the binding, binding of Isaac. Hey, look I at me. I did not know that. But yeah, I mean, I love all of this. Uh, I have developed by Edmund McMillan. Yes. Yeah. Well, those that are some names slaps, I'm going to get though. jumbled up. Uh, yeah, it does slap. So good. Yeah. What a talent. like, a lot of his music like on my phone just so i'll just break it out on i have like a playlist called pixel power i think it is yeah and it's got um a whole bunch of denny baranowski um i'm adding risk of bringing two to it you know after hopping back into it on my scene deck i'm adding that to it and then it's got um music by super joe bob who is responsible for uh duck game okay and oh. um what's it called super puzzle platformer deluxe 
Super Puzzle um, Platformer Deluxe. It was an Adult Swim game. It was really, really fun. And it actually came out with a sequel on Steam, I believe. So Cool. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like Mr. Driller. We were talking about that earlier in the week. So, I mean, if you like Mr. Driller, I'm pretty sure you'll like this game, too. Uh, Super Puzzle, Puzzle Platformer Deluxe. But, yeah. So, lots of good music out there. And Risk of Rain is definitely among the, like, upper echelon uh, of that music. So, yeah. If That's you don't awesome. give it a try for the gameplay, which um, if you're watching the video now on Twitch, um, you'll have seen, uh, do it for the music. Do it for the vine, y'all. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's another one of these games uh, that is just a really good way to... Uh, somebody I watch on, on stream on Twitch was like, uh, you know, getting together and streaming games with your friends is just a nice way to have a phone call for people who don't like phone calls. And uh, yeah, that that's totally true. And I for, love that. We've got us here doing a show. I mean, we're in Discord off stream plenty. Uh, chat's in here with us, and a bunch of chat is often um, off stream with us as well. And all of those give us a lot of opportunities to experience games in different ways. Sometimes we're sharing it like we don't hear any other humans' voices. You know, Sav, if I'm watching you play Risk of Rain, for example, if you're playing by yourself, uh, you know, it's got this interesting dynamic where everybody can just kind of vibe to it, right? They can... Uh, I, I spend more time listening to streams on Twitch these days than I do watching them. And uh, a game like that is perfect to find an experience where you can just sit back, whether you're the player or the viewer. And, uh, you know, if you're on a PC with two monitors, uh, it's great because you can just, like, juggle uh, juggle your experience a little bit. Um, if I can actually talk about my game... Yeah, I was all done. Uh, perfect. Then uh, Raft is the same way. Uh, Raft is a survival game that we've uh, picked up again recently. Um, the crew and I, I think it was me, Odysseus, Shanny Pack. Uh, I know I'm missing at least one person. We picked up the game for the first time, I think, two years ago. Time's funny in uh, a lockdown. So I'm not really sure when it was. And I looked all over Steam. I was trying to find if Steam would tell me where my, like, hey, here's your first day played of this game. I'm sure it exists somewhere. I'm sure I can find it. I haven't found it yet. Uh, but we picked up Raft quite a while ago. We had a bunch of fun with it. Uh, you, you start, for those unfamiliar, you start the game in the middle of an endless ocean. Uh, it's technically the apocalypse, but there's not, you know, like spooky apocalypse stuff around. There's just an ocean. And I uh, never knew that. Like, I, it always looks so pastoral, you know, just like mm -hmm. endless blue sky, endless blue sea, you know, well, and, and islands to explore. You're, the whole entire crux of the game, the one gameplay loop, is that you're throwing your fishing hook into the ocean so that you can catch planks and leaves, but also a whole bunch of plastic. Tons and tons and uh, tons of plastic, which honestly would be there without the apocalypse. True, yeah. There's a ton of plastic. Uh, in, in the ocean. But I'm not sure if we would be able to build an entire raft out of uh, empty, you know, Coca-Cola bottles. Not, you know, <laughs> not, I'm not sure if that would work, but uh, in the game, it's great because you've constantly got this feedback loop of catching stuff, building up a little bit, a new part of your, uh, your raft. Maybe you build a second floor. I always love the farming. You can start growing trees on your raft. Uh, and there's not really a limit to how big your raft can be, it seems. So you really have a lot of freedom on how you want to build it because it's all the way that you do it. Um, so that's raft. Uh -huh. We picked it up a while ago, but it just came out this week, two days ago, with its 1.0. It's officially released on Steam. Uh, it's no longer in early access. So 
there's the biggest update that we've seen since I started playing. And uh, it seems very extensive. Like, if you like survival games, but maybe you don't like uh, the food and health, like the food and water meters. Like, Don't Starve is a brutally challenging game. I love that game, but it's not really relaxing. Like, you don't play that one to sit back and put your feet up. Uh, but Raft, you totally can do that. It's got music similar to Risk of Rain. Um, you can just chill and let that play. Uh, you sit there vibing to fish. You know, if if you do, like, get hurt, if you are starving or the shark Bruce attacks you enough, uh, you could die. But all you have to do, your friend just loads you up, puts you, you know, carries you onto the raft and puts you in a bed and you're back in business. So... <laughs> Not a lot of... You know, like like you do. Like you do. Uh, not Although a it's, whole lot of penalties. It's always fun seeing that person, though. Like, the the person that does... It's like, no, we're fine. The shark's, the shark's really far away, guys. Mm -hmm. and they hop in anyway. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, well, let me play this video here. Uh, this is an official video for this uh, 1.0 patch. Uh, this update is called The Final Chapter. So, uh, from what I've seen of it, which is only the early game... Because even though we spent a ton of time playing on, like, Sunday night, I think, uh, on Tuesday night, they surprised to us, released this update. So we were like, well, we just played for six hours, like, practically yesterday, but time to start a brand new save file. Um, that was just funny because we, had, we haven't played Raft in, like, a year. And we happened to pick it up, like, practically the day before the update. Uh, so I've only seen the first few hours of the updated game. There's... New stuff where uh, when you visit islands, you can actually trade stuff, uh, which is brand new. We've never seen, like, markets or currency or anything before. The video shows uh, NPCs. Lots of new things you can build on your raft, including uh, there were, like, pipes, like uh, plumbing, it looked like. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff. What are they called? The wheels the that uh, turn for hydropower. What are those called? Water wheels? Water wheels, I guess. The things you see on, you know, Steamboat Arabia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they're just water wheels. Uh, well, water wheels, whoever invented those really should have named it after themselves so they could, you know, be remembered forever. Maybe it was invented by <laughs> Mr. Water Wheel, but I think the chances are slim. Dr. Water Wheel. <laughs> uh, you, you can build up your raft and uh, just customize it in a bunch of different ways. Like any survival game, my favorite part is the beginning where you're starting from nothing and you're, you know, custom building anything you want in any order you want. Uh, and with we're playing with four people right now. And with four people, it speed lines, it speed lines the whole process of everything you do, which means you get to actually see more of the game without having to do everything with your own two hands. Uh, but that trailer we just watched has a ton of endgame content, too. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of endgame content. Which means, uh, like, my issue before was that by the time I got my base set up to how I wanted, I pretty much, I, I was good. Like, there wasn't anything else the game had to offer me that I, like, loved. There were a few things, like, story-wise, you visit these special islands that have cool things to look for, and... uh you know, explore the story. Like, you play for, like, 10 or 15 hours before you even see the story, technically, of that game. Uh, but before, I didn't really care about it, but that trailer showed an Arctic area. It showed under, uh, underwater areas. It showed 
futuristic, futuristic almost a city, city you know <laughs> labs and everything like that yeah. looks legit I, like that's it's, tempting enough for me to play it it's a whole looks like a whole game now you uh, nerd <laughs> <laughs> technology count me in <laughs> so that's really exciting um to, to have a good crew you know since we just all refreshed ourselves on this game the second the update hit we all already know we're like okay you're doing fishing and cooking we're gonna give you all the extra planks and you're gonna be our you know city planner basically uh you're gonna go hunting chopping trees on the island and i'm gonna go uh digging in the reef and like maintaining the base and uh i love figuring out when you've got a regular group kind of figuring out the way that each of you plays and so then to take that information and then explore a bunch of brand new content like this is uh the most exciting time to be playing a game like this so that's raft the final chapter update is here that game is on sale a little bit it is normally 20 bucks on steam let's see do i still have it in front of me uh it's i think 17 dollars uh honestly it's worth it to be the most relaxing survival game that you've ever played if you're somebody like i said who doesn't like the imminent threat the timer always counting down of a survival game then this is the one that you should actually try because death doesn't really mean anything in here and uh especially when you're playing with friends like you're gonna have plenty of resources you don't need to worry about getting enough food and stuff so I mean, it's basically the mechanics are are like just a fishing simulator, yeah, <laughs> to get all this all the resources and stuff. So yeah, that's that's nice. We we built a a nice cabin. Deadpool, who is our city planner, he built a proper cabin. He put up a big sofa and two armchairs, and we got the four of us sat down. We took a screenshot. I'm gonna share that later. Uh, but it was nice, like how opulent. You know, we because we know how to progress through the game so quickly at the beginning we're able to spend more resources on like actually looking cool and making our raft uh you know giving it a bunch of vanity updates instead of only going for progress uh which we've done plenty of times but you know they give you a lot of things to build you you can uh build a motivational quote to put on your wall and it's one of those things where like whenever you put it up it it has a random chance to pick from a bunch of ones the developers put in there so uh i'll have to i'll have to look up i wish i could remember what any of them were but of course they're water puns right who who's gonna make a game like this and not just have a bunch of puns lined up so they were like all right motivational poster we're putting it in maybe that's all this update is it's just more motivational posters well you know anyone who doesn't like puns is gonna feel my raft <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Well, that's going to transition us <laughs> to uh the the party topic. Uh, even though I just talked a bunch about uh Raft, Vilos, you said that you might have a little something for that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh for this party topic, I've got this this nice little thing about it. So, guess what? What? Not only <laughs> not only did we start summer officially, but we are halfway through the year of our saviors in Blade Three. Uh, that's 2022 <laughs> for everybody that is not aware. Uh, so that also means that it's time to reminisce over our personally most impactful games of the year, as well as bringing any newcomers uh, that are that are in chat or, or listening to this uh, after, uh, bring everybody into the fold for our community's most played games 
uh, in the first half of 2022 as well, because um, there there have been some great moments this year, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. Uh, yeah, Yay. I was, uh, you know, when we sat down, when we literally sat down in the game of Raft to take that screenshot, I was like, you know what? Squad. Like, this, this actually right here, this is what it's all about. Like, you know, you get the warm fuzzies looking at the crew. Uh, being able, it's, like, it's like having a tabletop group. Uh, everybody wants to play the game, but it's much harder to make that a reality. And when you have a crew that's consistently going to show up, you know, and uh, explore together and ha- be good sports about it and teach each other and all those things, uh, those experiences stick with you. Like, a game can be good, but it's when you have a crew like that that you can have a shared experience with that um, it's really something special. That you can't get just anywhere. Uh, well, how about you guys? If I just told you all about Raft, uh, Sav. Well, I don't uh, have anything listed uh, because we originally were going to talk about something else. But I do want to talk about um, a couple of games. One of which we've already mentioned. So I'll mention the other one first. Uh, this one has really revitalized my love of just joining a new community and staking a claim you know, getting to make new friends, and then also uh, becoming like an important influence within that sphere, you know. Mm. Um, That's kind of like how I felt with Knockout City when it first came out, you know. I wasn't like a tall player or anything, but people, I mean, like whenever they, they like saw me, you know, they they were just like, oh my god, it's on high, what's going on? And it's really nice to be welcomed into a community like that and and have like the players respect. And so uh, this game is not even out yet, but it is multiverses. Yeah. So um, over the course of the year, you've heard me talk about like the closed technical uh, technical tests that they've had. They recently had their closed alpha uh, last month. And next month, in July, they'll have their open beta. So this is going to be the first public access um, that, you know, Multiversus will have. Like the public public, you know, mm-hmm. the general public. And um, over the course of playing that game, not only has it just reinvigorated my love for just the community, but... Also, like, I'm really burnt out on platform fighters in general. Smash Ultimate has not really been that impressive in the last couple of years. And we don't even know if it's going to be the last one, even though Sakurai is not coming back. So, um, also, we had to deal with a nightmare that was Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. Mm. And that was just not pretty at all. So I was losing hope, you know. It looked like Rivals was going to be, like, the front runner, uh, Rivals of Aether. Which isn't bad, um, because they're... They're pretty good uh, by standards today. You know, people hold it to like melee standards, which is like a shining beacon of of platform fighters. Um, they're coming out with a sequel uh, sometime, I think, next year. It's going to be like 3D instead of 2D. So that's going to be nice. But as far as platform fighters go, like in, like now, we didn't really have anything jumping out that was extraordinary until now. Mm-hmm. And Multiverses is that game that's just like, I'm so excited. I think about it when I see an email for it. I get really excited. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, something's about to go down. And it's just like, by the way, we have like another video on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, well, oh. I'm going to go watch it. though. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll uh, check it out here. Oh, no, not another video. Like, I'm boycotting them. Go... Just kidding. What's. Uh... Well, OK, that's actually a perfect segue into uh, my next game. Yeah. And uh, actually, this game wasn't mentioned earlier. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, it is another game that I loved to play. I was a really big part of the community for it. But 
the company had made some questionable decisions and was under fire for quite a long time. They are recently trying to turn themselves around, but it's still up in the air whether or not it's just performative or if they actually mean the change they're trying to do within their culture. So that game um, is Overwatch. So recently we've been playing a lot in the Discord and at first I kind of like naysayed it because, you know, the boys club, laissez-faire, like... Dude, that one video, that specifically that one video of the panel at whatever convention oh, oh it my was, God. Like, yes. I, cannot, I cannot forget that. Like, uh, just seeing in real time... That was one of the Diablo ones, wasn't it? Or yeah. maybe it was uh, Overwatch. Well, but... No, it was one of Warcraft, I think, because they were talking about Sylvanas. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. the lady on the microphone, she was uh, talking about Sylvanas and, like, how all the characters in the game have to be, like, Maxim cover like, girls Victoria's and Victoria's Secret Models. Yeah. yeah. And, and they yeah, were just like, like, sorry, sorry, I'm talking over you. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, you probably remember it better than I do. Basically, the, whoever it was, one of them, and then they all chimed in to like pat him on the back, was like, yeah, why would we make, why would we make characters that looked, you know, that weren't like super hot and the most, you know, that weren't like these babes, basically. And like the way they said like the words they chose and the general idea of what they were saying like every single thing the way that they i they had said after this video came out years later this, so this was just like a couple in the past couple it was like years. a couple of years ago yeah but the actual uh, video itself was from like a convention yeah it was like maybe a decade ago yeah it was, yeah it was a while ago yeah but watching that just made my blood boil because uh, you could literally hear the <laughs> like of everybody in the crowd. Yeah, and then the audience like, was just really... uh, egging them on. And it was like a serious just... question, and they answered it with uh, just flagrant disregard, you know, um, for a totally valid question. But yeah, boys club stuff, like you had said, uh, you know, you see something like that, and you're like, it reminds me that just because you can't see what's going on behind the scenes doesn't mean that it shouldn't matter, you know? If you know, you know, if you knew better, you would do better. And now that we know that it's like that, then you have to respond to that. And so, yeah, it's been tough deciding, like, do I want to care about this game? Because, you know, we're talking about it now as our community segment, like it's been impactful uh, right. and fun. And we've had lots of great opportunities, you know, having a big squad up to six people in there. So it's like a fun game to play with your friends. But then it's like, yo. Do I even want to associate with even playing the game? You know, it's uh, tough. I remember that was kind of a fight that you were having with yourself, too, um, a little bit ago. But I figured, like, as long as I'm not giving the company any of my money, which I'm not, and I'm not buying that beta 2 pack or whatever, because that's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like I feel comfortable playing the game, you know? Yeah. Um, especially if I'm, you know, doing it with friends, I feel at most safe there. Yeah. But the reason it's impactful for me is because it's really opened up this conversation to the public about culture, like gaming culture in business outside of recreation, you know, mm -hmm. because everybody gets like the toxic lobbies when they're playing shooters, especially, you know, I mean, the whole reputation for toxic lobbies started with Modern Warfare 2 and Halo. So like on the Xbox. So people expect like vitriolic behavior from their rando teammates, their blueberries or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then when you peel back the curtain and you see it going on and being not only perpetrated but venerated behind the scenes like that's when it's like oh okay this is why this is the way it is and we need to change that yeah 
And so that's why and I feel it's been impactful for me. To, like if you, if the customers, if we, uh, if the players decide that we want that change to happen, as long as those people are still in charge, nothing will change, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think what really changed it was that video, that, uh, the video that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. That's what really got it going. And then everything started coming to light. And then Blizzard was under investigation for its, you know, malpractices. And then, you know, it's, yeah, it's like it a whole cycle. Going. It's like a domino effect. It, it and... snowballed like May's new snowball ability. <laughs> Man, I love that mode. I really do. It was so satisfying to just like get all the achievements from that. No, I mean, but... uh, I was talking about how her character. Uh, oh, in like Overwatch PvE, 2. Yeah, and Overwatch 2 has uh, a new, you know, new fresh pve abilities but uh yeah i haven't i haven't been lucky enough to get into the beta like you have oh i oh i have not i just watch i remember the trailer showing that oh fun yeah i'll have to check that out but i think you know they just recently hired i can't remember what her position is but like um like a black woman like as the head of something and that's why i'm just like okay that's cool but I mean, is it like, is it a diversity hire or is it like performative? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, where's the actual action, you know? And then if it, see even if it things. is the best it could be, is it enough, you know? Right. Like, is this the only change, you know? And if it's not, what else is going on? And um, yeah, that's one uh, of the things that I was like talking about actually last night with a friend was Sojourn and how I hated that she was just like, she appears, quote unquote, black, right? She's like um, black Canadian, mm -hmm. um, but she's just a robot, you know? She, they actually changed it. Originally, she was forced to undergo the cybernetic procedures. Now, story-wise, she elected to go under those procedures for whatever reason. Um, but I talked before in the past about how she was basically Soldier 76, the sequel, right? Like <laughs> the origin story didn't really give her enough of a character for me to be impressed with her as like a character. Yeah. Um, and then finding out the dehumanization of her just made it all the worse because then we're back to that same trope with Disney, you know, turning all the people of color into animals yeah. so that they can, quote unquote, be more relatable and, quote unquote, be more marketable to a wider audience, quote unquote. Yeah. So, like, that, that just got my blood boiling all over again. And so uh, that's another reason why I feel like it's been impactful is because it's opening up all of these conversations that you don't really think would happen in this industry in the current atmosphere that we're in and i'm glad for that because now change is happening slowly but it's happening as all change does um but it, people are aware people are more vocal people are raising awareness and bringing attention to things that i mean just don't add up so and i'm really thankful for that because overwatch itself is a really really fun game at its core it's such a fun game with excellent lore beautiful environments and just crazy fun characters to just play as yeah and in another studio's hands i wonder what it would be like today you know but it was with abk so what we have is what we have and you know i'm grateful for that but could it have been more so that's those are my my impactful games of the year i know overwatch didn't really come out this year but overwatch 2 is coming out this year assumedly so i figure that kind of falls into the umbrella those are the ones i wanted to to talk about uh, you know that what? That makes sense. Let me let me find this real quick. Uh, I know that the there's supposed to be another for people who do want to play Overwatch Two. Uh, there's another beta. Uh, the one, the newest one that's coming out, I think, is in October. I think, but that's the one that you could also buy your way into. You don't okay. have to. You could just sign up for. You could just opt in for beta access, and they'll 
per chance mail you a link or whatever a code, but you could automatically guarantee yourself day one beta access by paying forty dollars to unlock it. I see. Um, which I guess is fine for people who don't already own Overwatch because it comes with the legendary edition of Overwatch or whatever. Yeah. But then again, that means giving Blizzard your money, and I'm not doing that. So yeah. Even if it were a good deal, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and it's not a good deal for me anyway because I already have Overwatch One. So. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a ton of stuff changing with that game too and it seems like the the biggest changes like the game's not even out yet but they've announced uh things that are going to be available later on around season two which uh starts in either november or december i want to say uh december yeah um those seasons are going to be two months long but yeah, season two will start in December, and that's when they're gonna drop a bunch of uh, the like cross progression and stuff like that. And I could I could dig back in here and find details if people want them, but uh, I would say that even waiting that long, like waiting for the game to come out, give it a season to get the kinks worked out, because you know stuff's gonna be broken anyway. Mm -hmm. um, maybe maybe December or the beginning of the next year uh, will be the time to like really consider playing that game. Of course. Like you said, people are going to want to play as soon as it comes out. And if you want to do that, then give them $40. But uh, yeah, I already own Overwatch. It's a very fun game. I'm not paying them any money <laughs> unless I have to right now. So, Right. Well, excellent. Well, uh, Vilos. Yeah, um, I've got a, a couple personal most impactful games uh but I, i've talked plenty about them but um pokemon legends arceus and xenoblade chronicles definitive were uh just two games that not only did i put the most time into this year uh, but they reiterated the gameplay moments and mechanics that i have most enjoyed this year uh and are, are things that kind of uh, are things that i've enjoyed like my entire gaming life and it just brought back so many good feels uh for the year uh just the the expansion of the catching mechanics in arceus was so satisfying um i actually for the amount of time that i have in the pokemon games uh i think i caught one shiny total <laughs> really before arceus yeah uh because i, I i'm wow. not a shiny hunter right I, I'm not a shiny hunter, but still, theoretically, the numbers game, I should have caught a few. Yeah. <laughs> but Arceus had that that uh, that change to the mechanic of shinies that really made it a lot more accessible. And, you know, for anybody that does shiny hunting, it it, it is very apparent once you start getting the, the ones that you really want that the the adventure is worth it <laughs> uh, i wouldn't necessarily say that the repetition of prior games is worth it as far as the number of times you're doing the same thing over and over um but arceus made things a lot more satisfying in one of my favorite pokemon worlds that that has existed um and xenoblade is just a, a reminder of how good a story can be and the the transformative effects of a, a jrpg uh like just the fact that uh there's a definitive version of a game that originally came out on the Wii and looked like absolute trash when you try to look at it now like mm -hmm. it feels like looking at an N64 game yeah uh if you if you look back at the the Wii 
version of it, but Definitive Xenoblade Chronicles uh, just it, it shows that some of these things in gaming are monoliths uh, for a reason. Um, that one because the developer is, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it really is a a pillar of storytelling in games and just seeing something uh come to fruition that it, it i don't know it it feels like bringing back an old franchise Let, like let's say jurassic world was better than the original jurassic park then it that's what and that's, that's what having right? you don't have to get a lot of mad comments <laughs> 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 that's why i said if like if Jurassic World was better than Jurassic Park, like that's what I feel like ex- experiencing Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive was for me. Um, and, and now seeing where Xenoblade 3 is uh, after t- after today's uh, direct on it, um, it's just a reminder. Definitive was just a reminder that I'm, I'm going back into this outstanding world that some developers, a very relatively small team when it comes to the quality of the games they put out uh what this team of developers is doing and and trying to do uh for those of you that are not familiar with jrpgs and stuff the the whole xenoblade series is part of a greater xeno saga xeno gears thing that's called the perfect works uh and it's it's a story of of heartbreak and loss um, as far as the actual developing uh, of these games has been over the course oh, of 30 yeah. years. It's it's this huge spanning thing. Um, and it's... Do you think they'll make a JRPG where it's all about video game development and the bosses, <laughs> like you're fighting it, the bosses? It almost is. Um, but for anybody that, that needs to get some, some existential feels out or or even just wants to... Uh, remind themselves, you know, why they are what they are, what they, why they do what they do. Like Xenoblade, even if I, even if you know nothing about it right now, like the Xenoblade series is about life. Period. Whoa. And it, <laughs> if if you want to get deep into something, just start playing the Xenoblade games, and then start getting into like a like a film theory uh in-depth analysis of it mm-hmm. man it it might change your life just just throwing it out there i like that yeah uh and then as far as community stuff goes i mean we had such a year uh just in the first six months i mean we had so many groups of of uh halo infinite rogue company mm-hmm. Uh, we still had a, a couple rounds of Back for Blood, I believe, at the start of the year. Yeah, we did. Uh, even though we completed the campaign in like December. Um, we, and, but I tell you, we the, beat the I will first never chapter that, of that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the first chapter, <laughs> for the content, <laughs> running back to like get the uh, the <laughs> dynamite or whatever. <laughs> we man, we had so much fun playing that game. We had several different squads. That was one of the first games, uh, besides Halo Infinite, which has big team battle where we had more players than we had spots in the party, which is, of course, a good problem to have. Uh, but, you know, like we... That was one of the first games where truly, when someone was like, yo, you want to play? Everybody's just like, me, 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 you know, just coming out of the midwork or woodwork. Uh, I, I love that. We have the clip somewhere of us playing offline 
talked about it on here before where there's Black Betty playing on the jukebox and we couldn't stream that because there's music playing on the jukebox and it's not licensed or, you know, it's uh, you can't play it on Twitch. So finding that clip of us just playing offline and hollering, man, um, basically having a dance party as we're shooting these zombies. Like I remember the moment that I started like crouching and uncrouching to, to dance and I look and I turn and I already see Vilos doing the same thing already. And I'm just like, I'm in the right place. This feels good. <laughs> just clicking those sticks as fast as possible. That was wonderful. You know what? That was a game about life. Uh, you know, zombies can come at you fast. So live every moment <laughs> to the fullest. Yeah, despite what old popular media, you know, says, they they don't be shoveling no more. <laughs> no, no, they don't. For sure. Uh, that's been great. We talked a little before. I mean, we've talked plenty about Rogue Company and there's nothing you haven't heard before. But this year in the past, you know, six months, I've had more friends join our Discord or use Discord for the first time specifically to play Rogue Company with us. And, you know, just like we've talked about, it's a special experience when you get to play games with your friends. You know, maybe they're friends you haven't met yet, or maybe they're old buddies and you haven't gamed in a while, or maybe this particular combination of people hasn't gamed together uh, before. And and that's been wonderful. It's been really great just having enough players where somebody pops in and they're like, yo, who wants to play? And you can usually find at least one person. Usually you'll get three or four. Uh, and that's a wonderful feeling. Uh, you know, we are, I guess, wrapping up a pandemic. I don't know. COVID's still here. There's just not really uh, lockdown or anything. So call it whatever you want. But uh, to be able to really interact like this and have so many damn things, I could tell you all these games that I'm not playing yet. Like, we could probably get our whole crew together playing Risk of Rain. Boom. Easy. Vibe. The same way we vibe to, uh, like, Deep Rock Galactic or something, where you're just cruising around, going at your own space, uh, pace or speed. I tried to mix those two words. <laughs> um, you know, and you're doing a little bit of shooting and a little bit of, like, world stuff. You know, in Deep Rock, you're digging and using a grappling hook. And games like Raft, like, yeah, you're technically trying to survive, but really you're just hanging out on a boat drinking smoothies. You know, they just added a juicer. That's a real thing they just added the game <laughs> so now you can sip juice on a hammock on your raft um but i can imagine you know us playing risk of rain and having a good time uh recently talked to my friends about playing planet side 2 again i haven't played that game in like five years uh it's like an mmo shooter with a massive 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 persistent world kind of like battlefield if the game just never ended like literally never ended I need a medic! Lizzie's in chat. She knows. <laughs> That's our running joke because the game screams that out loud at the top of your, the character's lungs when you accidentally shoot your friends, which happens a lot. Um, oh, thank you for the unlurk, uh, Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta. You, sometimes you need a medic at any time and you gotta know the right phrase. Uh, but you know, case in point, I was just telling the Raft crew that story like two days ago when we were playing. I'm like, you know, this is just, this is like sitting around the campfire. Uh, and we do have a literal fire on the raft, so get on our level. <laughs> Seems totally not counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't burned it down yet. Uh, maybe they'll add the ability to do that in the next update. But yeah, there have just been so many wonderful opportunities to experience games with each other. Um, the three of us, the four of us really with Chris, um, and, and the entire community. And we literally could not do that without every one of you in chat, 
uh, every one of you on Discord, every one of you listening at home um, on Spotify from the future or YouTube or all that good stuff. Like, this is so much fun. And to be able to uh, have shared each other's company at a time when it can be hard to share each other's company. And I, I live in Seattle now. I live across the country. You know, <laughs> I love being able to spend so much time with you guys um, online and, and in all these these ways that we do. So, group hug, come in. Come here. Yay. Again. Right. During a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I wash my hands. I brush my teeth. We did it. Yeah, we're all good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Uh, well, if we want to, if we want to wrap up the the podcast segment of the show here, uh, I'll start to gear towards Darkest Dungeon Two, for uh, everybody who wants to stick around and watch that. Uh, like I said, if you're listening from the future, go check our YouTube and you'll be able to to see that. But this has been the Party Invite Podcast, the Party Invite Show podcast version. Uh, thanks for sticking around. We do this every Wednesday night. Um, we, we go live. We don't always know what we're going to do ahead of time. That was kind of tonight. We have just decided that we enjoy each other's company enough that we're going to hit the go live button and we're going to enjoy games together. So um, everybody who would like to uh, check out our Discord and any of our other socials, any of other content, go to our website at partyinvite.games. That's got everything you need to know. Uh, Vilos has a blog on there. If you want to have a bunch of suggested games, uh, especially indies, to check out, you will not be hurting for suggestions. Uh, you know, we don't shout this out very often, but uh, Sav, Sovereign Sid, here you can find on uh, their own Twitch channel, at Sovereign Sid, S-Y-D, all one word, um, here on Twitch, so go go check that out. Do uh, you guys have anything else before we switch gears here? Uh, just a, a quick shout-out on the... Uh... We are working on a subathon coming up in a couple weeks, everybody that's uh, listening or in chat. So uh, we are planning that shiz right now. So uh, if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to see uh, in order for us to earn that sub, then let us know. Give us a shout out. Um, otherwise, we're planning some big stuff for you in a couple weeks. So yeah, keep looking. I'm very excited for that. Me too. Uh, we'll get you a date as soon as we got it. And trust me, you guys will know it the moment uh, that we're ready to share. So, uh, Beans Chats in in, uh, in chat. Thank you, uh, Lizzie. Like I said, uh, we got some behind-the-scenes beans on the way soon. So look out for that. Uh, let's hit the BRB button. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back shortly. Bye. Bye.